Hello there, welcome to episode 27 of Nevermind the Bullens. My name is Mike Peters, this is your bite-sized uh, weekly Everton podcast and vlogcast. Although for the next couple of weeks it's going to be bi-weekly or even possibly thrice weekly uh, because the games are coming that thick and fast at uh, this time of year. Uh, so this game, uh, this is a podcast I should say after the Chelsea game or reflecting on that game at least. And um, firstly, it just how wonderful it was to see fans back in uh, the grand old lady. And I have to, you know, a bit to, starting to get a bit of a tear in my eye and, you know, a, re- a real shiver down my spine when... Zedcar started up and you could hear the fans roaring. It wasn't pumped in crowd noise like we've had, obviously, on the TV for the last six months. But the fans were there. It was brilliant. I'm thinking, God knows what I'm going to be like if I'm well enough just watching it on television. What I'm going to be like if I get into any of the games over uh, Christmas. Uh, I know I'm not going to the Arsenal game. I've had my rejection from the ballot today. But I'm in the chance then of the United game next week for the Carabao Cup um, and the and the City game as well. Uh, on the Carabao Cup um, sort of ticketing... Um, I have to say I'm sort of mixed feelings about the way that Everton have gone about it in terms of charging fans. I can understand why they have. Um, and to charge 30 quid, I don't know whether that the week before Christmas, uh, given the year that everybody's had, is a particularly smart move. However, given the club's financial situation, having lost 140 million quid uh, in this uh, past uh, year that was just been announced last week, because of obviously uh, the amount of money lost to COVID. I mean, that was 70 million of that was, was COVID money and money that's been spent on Bramley Moore that they can't capitalise yet because it's not been approved. Um, so, you know, it's it's a slightly misleading amount, even though it sounds pretty dramatic on the face of it. I can understand why the club needs to get some money in when they've obviously been refunding us our season ticket money. Um so, you know, charging 30 quid, and I think, frankly, any Evertonian who hasn't been to the game is so desperate to go, they'd pay, you know, they'd be, they'd be selling the grandmother to go, to be quite honest with you, wouldn't they? Um, and I certainly would. So, fingers crossed that I'll get into a game over the next few weeks. But it was great for those fans to be back in. And I think just having even 2,000 there obviously clearly made a difference to the players. And it was lovely to hear them booing John Moss. I thought that was entirely predictable and well-deserved again because he was rubbish, as he always is, as we know that. Um, although not perhaps as rubbish as Andre Mariner, but that's uh, for for other people to discuss on other podcasts. Um, but it, it was great because it was a sort of a classic modern Everton performance in terms of the graft and the desire and the commitment that's been somewhat lacking. We've been very kind of lax in the last few weeks and obviously that's been reflected in the results and our form but it was great to see so much endeavour from all of the players they really put a shift in um, Richarlison you can see is very frustrated his confidence is low and seeing that in his in his shooting and his sort of his just the look on his face throughout it, he's very obviously struggling and sort of as my brother said you know the pigeon head is going up and down all the time which it is um, but he just needs a goal and we know how important he is and he just needs maybe an arm put around him to say look we know how important you are to this uh, to the team so and uh, you know, in terms of the way we play uh, but it was a classic Everton sort of lineup in so much as there were four centre-backs uh, playing across the back four um, which was made me hark back to the days of us having David Unsworth um a back four of David Unsworth, Richard Goff, Dave Watson, and uh, and Davy Weir at right back, or you know Richard Dunn even playing in that in that era as well. And thinking, God, and we and we were actually quite solid. But 
Ben Godfrey, what a fantastic game he had. Uh, you know, a real fine there. I think he's been getting better each and every week. And he's, you know, he's been thrown in. He really has been chucked in the deep end. He's been asked to play right across the back four. Uh, and he's done brilliantly, I think, wherever he's played. He had a tough game at Southampton, which we know. But he's learned from that. He's improved. And his pace as well and his decision-making, he was excellent playing out of position. And his defensive discipline as well, which is, you know, one of the main things we've bought him for. Um, but it's great to see that he can play if... We get desperate, and he might have to play at left back for the next few weeks with Luca Dean being out, and obviously Niels and Konku not really being fancied in that role again, not even on the bench on on Saturday. Um, but obviously, what a player and Michael Keane as well leading, uh, you know, the team brilliantly as well. Um, the penalty was terrific and much deserved. I don't know what Edward Mendy was doing. He's uh, it must have been brokey in the head. And Mr. Mendy, but um, that was clearly a penalty, and Gilfie does does him with the eyes. Um, but, you know, that's what we needed. And it had been obviously intimated after the Burnley game about playing a flat back four, which we did. And they were obviously more comfortable in that. Um, and it was great to see Abdoulaye Decore um, back to his best. He's been slightly off the boil over the last uh, couple of weeks. And it was great to see him sort of hustling and harrying. A very good Chelsea team, you know. They're a really good team. And I thought we were going to have our work cut out. I would have taken a point before the game, the way they've been playing and the way that we've been playing. But three points and a clean sheet. A massive, massive confidence boost to them. And having not kept a clean sheet since September, since the Tottenham game on the opening uh, weekend of the season. That's massive, particularly running into this uh, fixture, run of games as well that we've got. Tough games as well. And also, in the league table as well, you know, we're back up to fifth. We would have been eight points adrift of Chelsea if we'd lost. We're now within a couple of them. Obviously, other results, um, City drawing, Liverpool drawing, Tottenham drawing. You know, puts us right back in the hunt of climbing back up into the top four over the next few weeks. Um must make mention of Jordan Pickford. It's great to see him making some some really, really good saves. Um, he's, you know, he, he rode his luck at times. It was a bit of a an all-action performance from him on Saturday, which at moments you, you're thinking, oh, you know, you're watching it from behind your hands. But particularly the free kick from Mason Mount in the second half that hit the post. And that's clearly a little a, a coaching thing for him because he did that with both free kicks where he'd take the step the other way. And you just wonder whether he actually needs to set his wall up and then almost to compensate for his own decision, sort of instinctive movements. Like a, like a batsman, they've got a trigger movement that he needs, Alan Kelly almost needs to say to him, right, well, actually, once you've got the wall set up, go two steps or a step that way. So if you're going to, it's not going to mitigate it completely because your momentum is still going to be carrying you and it's difficult to change direction once a free kick has been taken. But at least if that gets him closer to the ball, because as was said on commentary, a rare moment of lucidity from Steve McManaman was that actually he should have been able to throw his cap on that free kick. Um, and, you know, he didn't and it ended up hitting the post. We got away with that one, but he would have been at fault there, which is not what he needs. Um, when he's, you know, worked to get himself back into, you know, get his confidence back over the last few weeks after all the fury that went on uh, after the derby and in subsequent weeks going on from that. Um, Something that has come up, obviously, is discussing leaving out Dominic Calvert-Lewin at some point over the next um, few weeks just to give him a break. But you just have to look at the fixtures and you go, when the hell are they going to do that? I mean, the only game that appears like we might be able to leave him out is is possibly the Boxing Day game at, um, at Sheffield United. But you'd think he would be absolutely low to do that, um, given... Uh, you know, given, given you know, obviously, the fact that he played for them. And we've got that's the only game you can see it because you don't want to leave him out against Arsenal certainly don't want to leave him out against City and we've got West Ham after Christmas and the Carabao Cup quarter final he needs to play all of those games so 
you leave him out and you think, well, actually, the way Sheffield United are, are playing at the moment, they're having a terrible time of it. Um, that that's the only game. But you imagine he would want to. I suppose ultimately it's Carlo's decision. But is he going to want to be left out? And would, do you want to leave, leave leave out the leading goal scorer not only in your team but in the entire Premier League as well? Fancy captains, uh, fancy team uh, managers, including myself, would be devastated if he's left out. Um, but you know when he has played pretty much every game I think with the exception of uh, one of the Carabao Cup games in, in uh, September he probably does need a little bit of a, a break when he's played 90 minutes of every single game um, and obviously with Leicester coming up as well on, on Wednesday night you know that's not a game that we want to leave him out for either uh, that's going to be a tough one that is going to be a difficult game they were excellent against Brighton and I think Brighton have done alright this season I think their position is a slightly false one in the table they've probably not got the results that they have deserved at times um, and I think Graham Potter's doing a good job in trying to move them forward um, but they were they were excellent um, I watched that with interest rather than watching Arsenal um, but you know tough away game against Leicester as I say and if we get out of that with a point then I think we'd, we'd all be quite happy with that but you know we still the form is not where we want it to be but the only way to get improve your form is to improve your results so we've got the opportunity to do that Arsenal on Saturday Goodison is absolutely winnable their confidence is around their ankles at the minute they're not scoring goals uh, you know they're not threat we've got to be looking to take the game to them uh, and, and try and get uh, three points there and, and keep us right up in the hunt for the uh, for the top six and the Champions League places uh, as well even at this early stage of the season Um but you know it's great to have got us back on on winning terms on, on you know on, back into some semblance of form, uh, and on we go to Leicester. If you want to get in touch, uh, then feel free at NMTV Pod. You can leave me a message uh, through Anchor. You'll see the link in the episode description uh, if you are listening to this as a podcast. Uh, and until after the Leicester game uh, on Wednesday night, so therefore the episode twenty eight will be out on Thursday. Come on, you Blues. 